0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode seventy-one of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am Ishelos, your host. Um I have a Khajiit sitting right here on my desk. He is sleepy and he is very sad. Sad kitty. Hello. Hi. He's try all doped out on skuma probably. Alright, also joining us the man running the stream. And have you have you died yet today, Esteldian? I have already died. Oh, prior to the stream going live no no i just died oh just now off the stream, i'm afraid well it's it's not a uh tales of Tamarin stream if, if you don't die something. no very true it's yeah it's sacrifice the esteldian and that's how it goes but fingers <laughs> crossed i'll get out of beat P- man at some point now run Vet dsa
1: or a dungeon or something just to vary it up a bit
0: all right all right um yeah i always get crushed in pvp anyway because i'd never wear any gear that actually has impenetrable on it so i get crushed to death impenetrable so 1.5 oh oh, man see i'm so behind the times i'm telling you (laughs) don't even know what's fashionable in cyrodiil anymore all right also joining us avi avi how are you today sir um doing really good i think i'm behind the times with you so don't worry (laughs) we can we can roll into cyrodiil in our unfashionable gear together definitely and then probably get meteored to death because that's what happens yes hello chat room i see there's several people in there already so hello thank you for joining us um oh Hey, is in there. Hey, Setsua. Um, This episode has been brought to you by awesome fans just like you guys. If you're currently not supporting Dungeon Crawler Network and wish to help us out, please consider donating or becoming a patron of ours on our Patreon page. You can find the links to both of these on the bottom of our website, dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. If you're unable to support us financially but still wish to support us, send Esteldian Soul Gems. But on top of that, you could also subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels, leaving us a review on iTunes, and consider telling a friend about us. All of those help us out so much, and we appreciate it. And sending Esteldian soul gems because he needs to res a lot. (laughs) Hey, I got 505. I'm all set. Oh, all right. Screw Esteldian. Send them to me. I got like 50. I'm totally out. I started uh, selling them at one point, and that was a mistake. Like, filling them up and then selling them and you really don't get that much for them. It's, it's not worth it. Then when you really need them, like when I started doing all the trials and stuff, then it's kicking me in the butt for having sold all the hundreds that I had. All right, we're going to move right on into game news. First up, first thing we heard of this week is that Paul Sage creative director at Zenimax online studios has left Zoss for a company known as Gearbox, the guys who do Borderlands, I believe. Um, he has been replaced as creative director by Rich Lambert, who was the lead. Let me look this up just so I know. Uh, he was the lead, da, 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 lead content, content designer. designer. There we go. Oh, thank you, Avi. I know we've of seen course. him several times on... Uh, ESO live like once or twice or something like that. I remember seeing him. Um, he previously also worked on oblivion. So that's kind of cool. Um, but that is a thing now. Avi, what are your thoughts on, on Paul Sage leaving? Cause I know we've had several higher profile people leave, um, Zenimax in the past mm, couple months. Most notably is, uh, of course, Paul Sage Nick Con- and, yeah, and Nick, Nick Conkle. Conkle. And there was a Maria Maria something or another. I cannot remember her name. She left right around the same time. Um, she was very early on. You saw her quite a bit. And then she just kind of disappeared. No one really thought much about it. But she had left as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, you know, I think it was to be expected. You know, it's an industry where people jump around and go different places to try different things. I think that him leaving Zoss is sort of a good sign that the game's doing really good and the game's healthy. You know, maybe he feels he felt his role in ESO's getting a little more dimmed because he was sort of here to help uh, create the game and get it running and make it a smooth, nice launch and a smooth, nice game. And I think he's done that very well. So. I just, think, I just think it's simply time for him to move on and it's not affecting the game at all or anything of that sort.
0: Okay. Uh, Steldian, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, no big surprise. Uh, to be honest, I would have thought the writing was on the roll once the game declared going by to play. To be honest, he was always a big supporter of the idea of going keeping a sub. Mm-hmm. He stayed with the game and I guess he started looking around. He probably had a, a contract that said he'd stay on until console launch and then Move one elsewhere. Shame to see him go, but as i say it's just the industry—you
0: have people come and the have people go all the time. Right, um, and I, I will say this: uh, this was a officially acknowledged by Zos, which is kind of funny because normally they don't really do that. I know they didn't really officially announce or uh, acknowledge uh, Nick Conkles leaving. Um, he we just kind of figured that out by following his LinkedIn profile. He now works over at Riot, uh, but the Guys over at Zoss posted on the forums that we can confirm that Paul, Paul Sage left Zoss after the launch of Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited on console. A spokesperson explained on the game's official forums, as they say. Uh, he, along with the rest of us, are very happy with how the game is doing, and we wish him the best in his future endeavors. Um, I know Twitter was kind of blowing up when this happened because he is such a known icon within the community. Um, albeit I, I did mention that this sort of is the current trend of game developers um, the, you know, in this day and age. it's it's really odd to find people who stay at a company for greater than five, seven years. Normally, they're on one par for about the length of the projects from start to finish, if if they're lucky, and then they normally leave somewhere in and around those areas. Um, so it's there. <laughs> there's only a handful of people that I know of in the game industry who have been with the same company for a very, very long time. Um, most notably, I can think of is uh, uh, DC Deegan from Bethesda. I know he's been there for quite a while. Um, and I know there's I think the two head guys over at Blizzard Entertainment are there for like ever but uh otherwise yeah most people leave and um I know I got some comments back a little bit heated back and forth going but this was Paul Sage he's kind of like the voice of the game and I said it's really no different than past games such as uh what's his name Frost I only know his last name is Frost but he was pretty much the big spokesperson for Wildstar he left Wildstar um As well as uh, Greg Street, a.k.a. Ghostcrawler from uh, Warcraft. He left as well and went over to another company. And he was pretty much the main guy that was ever seen on forums. He was known by everyone. Whenever you saw him post, it was something big. Um, It's not uncommon in today's MMO worlds. You forgot John Smedley in your list of people who hang around forever. Oh, who, who said I forgot? I thought he was dead. Hope along with God. EverQuest next. But never <laughs> mind about that one. <laughs> yeah, Smeadly has been around for a long time and uh, Is it lingering like a bad smell. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm gonna have to like record a session with you, um, Esteldian, kind of off topic for the Dungeon Crawler Network podcast, because I I really want to ask your opinions since I know you were an EverQuest player, about the EverQuest Next Vaporware rumors and John Smedley running everything into the ground. (laughs) Well, to be be fair, I don't think you can credit Smedley much for EQ1, really, or EQ2. Uh, Yeah, well, you pretty much can't credit him for EverQuest Next now either. No. (laughs) Anyway, that's a discussion for another show, but... Just wanted to you know make note to everyone that Paul Sage has indeed left. And while we're sad to see him go, um, I honestly, (laughs) I tend to think, and I'm going to be a little candid here, I think this is probably good for the game. Because as much as Paul Sage probably was a fantastic guy, and, and I don't know everything about him, but I know he came over from the Dark Age of Camelot crowd. I love Dark Age of Camelot. I do not want a complete reproduction of Dark Age of Camelot within ESO because that was a very PvP focused game. Um, and I just don't think it would fit very well. I know they tried to add it with Cyrodiil. And we all know how that's going. Um, it, it's it's just I would rather actually and I, I mentioned this to somebody else as well. I don't know much about Rich Lambert. I I almost wish they would have picked someone else with a little bit more of an MMO um, background. Like, <laughs> as, as weird as it would be to say, uh, Greg Street, a fair, you know, from WoW, some of these other ones, I would love to see some of them move in as creative director. Now, not saying anything bad against Rich, but it, this is an MMO, not a single-player Elder Scrolls game. Uh, I like that they add single player elements to it to make it feel very much a part of the franchise, and that makes it feel very u- unique in the world. And it's it's much appreciated. But if you move too far away from the MMO side of things, you've just got another single player game that you can't mod near as much as you could, uh, you know, Skyrim. So people will end up leaving. What keeps people in MMOs is you know being with friends forever, knowing people forever, and and working with guilds and stuff of that nature. Um or do you feel that Rich like do you would you rather have seen someone else appointed to the creative director position, or do you think Rich will do okay?
1: Um I admit I'd feel more confident if someone a bit more MMO focused was around. Admittedly I know that make a lot of other people very nervous. But I think there's plenty of non MMO guys in the team that it wouldn't harm to have someone uh, a bit more familiar that said it could be worse
0: it could be john smedley we decided to get and i'm sure
1: he'll be looking around for a job so
0: uh if it, it, i think if that ever happened on this podcast i would just no that's it again now yeah. ending it right here because it's going into the ground
1: or the legendary brad mcquaid <laughs>
0: uh, well i know uh what's his name is still looking for a job uh D- david Georgenson because they they let him go from uh, from uh, Sony in or daybreak now or whatever it is. They let him go. He's probably still looking for a job. (laughs) So Keep with what we got, I think. I'll take Rich. uh, Krabby's in chat. Hey, Krabby. How are you, sir? Um, Krabby says, I kind of like the new guy's history, Oblivion, Fallout 3. Um, (laughs) If they add player housing, I will sub for life. (laughs) <laughs> uh well that is true if he does add things like that that are more sandboxy into the world i agree housing i will just be there all day long all right uh avi do you have anything you want to say about creative director before we move on
2: no i'm comfortable with him being in the position even though you guys do make a good point that it it might be nice to have someone with a little more of a pvp background but i'm comfortable with it
0: okay yeah well you know mmo backgrounds all you have to do is deal with them for two to three years anyway and then they'll be gone yeah that's how it goes (laughs) all right next up patch 2.0.12 was released on monday and this was an incremental patch that include many audio improvements and polish. Due to this, the size of the patch has been significantly larger than normal at approximately 5 gigs for English, 6.5 for German, and 7.4 for French. In addition, we're also adding battle-level consumables, uh, which you can read about below, and a handful of fixes, uh, outstanding issues. Now, battle leveled consumables. In order for lower-level characters... To have better chance of survival in Cyrodiil, we're introducing a way for items to scale their health or buff based on whether or not you're battle leveled. Battle leveling is a system that applies when you are enter Cyrodiil. When you enter a campaign in Cyrodiil, regardless of whether campaign is veteran or non-veteran, you will always be treated as level 50 at minimum. Now, this is kind of it's an interesting fix. Um. I wouldn't say so much of a feature, but it's just making it so that when you go in at level 30 and you have all these level 30 potions, they don't heal like a level 30 potion on a VR 14. Because that's what they were doing originally. You would drink a level 20 or a level 30 potion and it would heal you for like a thousand hit points or something like that. When you uh, have 20, it's like, yeah, that was barely worth it. And I incurred a cooldown. Eh. Um, Avi, I know you don't really... play Cyrodiil so much um but Esteldian do you find this helpful you now you mostly play VR14s I guess
1: yeah I'm VR14 all the time but I noticed they also scaled all potion stuff coming kind of that this, this patch or another one so that your VR10 potions also work as VR14 same with your food etc so everything seems to be
0: scaling even outside of PvP now which is quite nice yes so it means i just and use it makes sense I'll just use lesser food when I enter Cirodell. That way I don't waste my good food.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but it is um, capped, isn't it? Something to do with yeah. if you're level 20. If you're level 20 and you're still using your level 10 food, it's it doesn't scale. So they have capped it so that your level 20 food would be better than your level 10 version. So it's not just like, oh, I'll just go in there with a load of level 10 and off we go.
0: Yeah, but so... they still scale it so it's slightly better than a level 10 on a VR 14. <laughs> it actually makes it somewhat useful. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. Um, Other than that small thing, the main reason why I wanted to bring this up is for all of our console friends out there. Because when this patch went out, people posted the patch notes on Reddit, and Reddit exploded. And I'm looking at all you console folks out there. Um, And I understand you guys don't really play MMOs, so these are very few on the consoles, but a sample of the posts that we saw was... WTF, two zoss five gigs of patches no new content is this the norm if you've never played an mmo before yeah this is the norm there's lots of bug fixes lots of little incremental patches that they do between major updates um especially recently there's been a lot almost one every week this is the norm um I, I guess mostly for console players, there really isn't that many MMOs out there for them. I guess there's Final Fantasy XIV for the PS4 guys. I know that's pretty big. Uh, otherwise, I think it's just Destiny and Neverwinter, if I remember. You guys have anything you want to say on that? Uh, they had DC Online as well, did they? Uh, is that still a thing? I, uh, I <laughs> don't yeah, think it's any, it anymore. I don't think it's anymore. <laughs> Is, is that really still a thing <laughs> that's kind of like final fantasy 11 is that really still a thing it's still going i guess but i think they disconnect or discontinued all console use on it um i know they discontinued ps2 uh, like official ps2 uh support a long time ago and i think they just cut ps3 as well um so yeah that game's in its death throes but yes get used to big patches Create yeah all the time or get used to patches that really don't give you much of anything you may not even have noticed the bugs that they fixed. i know when we first started a lot of the bugs that people were hitting were near the higher echelons of of the game like the higher tiers and people were going oh my goodness um you know this is this is this is a you know oh i don't know it, it, it's crazy like this is something that happens, and bugs happen. They need to be fixed. And I do want to address um, uh, Win uh, Winown Stealth mentioned in chat. Uh, a 15 gig patch was a bit excessive. Now I do need to preface this. That was happening on the PS4, and that actually wasn't an issue with uh, Zenimax. That was an issue with um, Sony and their patching, their patcher. Because that same patch did not happen on Xbox. It was only on PS4 because PS4 messed up its patch cycle somehow. And it sort of did like what happened on the PC a while ago where we had to redownload all the audio files. Well, they downloaded a, um, a newer patch like the day before. And if you downloaded the game prior to them releasing this hotfix on the PS4 network, it made you download every single patch from 1.0 forward. Um so that's why there was a 15 gig patch on PS4 and that was more of Sony's mess up than Zoss's. Um yeah. Yeah, it was totally Sony who screwed that not not Zoss. <laughs> All right, that was patch 2.0.12 um for both PC and console guys, there's going to be a new patch coming out on Monday for PC and I think it's what is it? Tuesday for Xbox and Wednesday for PS4. I think those are the patch days. Um, So be prepared for another patch. So they did say this one would be significantly smaller. And just to throw it out there, just to keep console
1: expectations down. In general, incremental patches, so all these 2.0 point somethings, they're all fairly crap. You know, you're not going (laughs) to get any exciting new content coming here. A few fixes, maybe a tweak of a skill if you're lucky of something exciting. You know, they are just there, they are maintenance patches, basically, not actual updates. It's the big ones are like 2.1, 2.2. Those yeah. are where you actually get content worth
0: getting For people who about. don't know, this is a perfect thing I wanted to mention because you, you brought this up and I didn't even think about mentioning this. The easiest way for you to look at a patch, like where people don't understand the numbers, especially with Zosses, there's three numbers. The two, the first number is what expansion you're on. Uh, I know since they rebranded as Tamrail Unlimited, they marked it as 2-0, the next launch. If they ever release like a full out expansion, not just DLC, I'm talking a full out expansion, that would probably go to a three. So the the first number is what expansion you're on. That's why when you go into like Warcraft and whatnot, it's like six point something or that's how many expansions they've had. The second number is the content update. So when they release a small one like this where it's that third number, that's an incremental patch which means it's mostly bug fixes and all that random other junk. If that second number changes it's normally a content update meaning you're going to see new zones, quests features, etc. So that second number is the one you're going to want to look at more often than not. Because that's the one when you see that number change that's when you're getting a content update. The third set is just bug fixes and things of that nature and the first one is only when they've deem that there's an expansion or they rebrand us again whatever <laughs> okay all right let's see i'm trying to read chat as well um, <laughs> everyone you know uh on stealth I-, I do mention that but some people who've never played mmos don't get that they see a patch and they think oh i'm getting a something when they don't realize it's just bug fixes and if you were reading reddit the day this these patch notes were released you would see that I think there was 200 comments or something like that on the patch notes all about what is this crap why we have no new content why would they patch if there's no new content that's what it was okay now now we're gonna move into something that's fun because ESO live happened and they dropped the bomb on update seven Now, what we know about Update 7 so far, because they have released preliminary patch notes out on the PTS side, and this should probably be up pretty soon. Um, But we'll just go over the big, big changes and updates being added. With Update 7, we are getting the Imperial City, changes to the veteran system in terms of experience, new item sets, and two new veteran ranks. So... Um, this is this is pretty big and I know they're gonna talk about it. What what day did they say they're gonna talk about it? What was it, the thirteenth or something like that on ESO yeah. Live? They they said they're gonna do a big info drop on like the thirteenth. So that that is a thing that's happening. But we will be getting new content in in the form of the Imperial City. Now I am excited for the Imperial City for multiple reasons. One, as we talked about on last episode, episode seventy the changes to Cyrodiil, so we won't see so many buff campaigns. Yay. Um, so now maybe the Imperial City will actually get fought over, and I might even go into um, Cyrodiil to go into the Imperial City because it reminds me so much of Darkness Falls. Um, Avi or Esteldian, have you have either of you played Dark Age of Camelot? Because this Imperial City is a, a direct carbon copy, just, you know, new textures. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, you didn't. Oh, obviously, no. EQ at the time. No, I haven't. Ah, uh, okay. Um, well, more or less, what the Imperial City or, um, Darkness Falls was was a PvP dungeon that actually had really good gear in it, and the when it would allow only one faction to enter at a time, but if you were already in it, it wouldn't kick you out. Um, so one faction could enter in the time and it was controlled by the number of keeps whoever owned the most keeps had access to the dungeon at that time. Um, the higher levels of course were lower level. You could farm lower seals to buy lower tier gear. And the deeper you went in, the better the seals were the drop better. The gear was you could get, but of course everything was much harder. And of course in the deepest darkest parts of the dungeon were raid bosses like open world raid bosses. Now they were at the time, no pushover, like Legion was insane, um, which was a giant demon made of lots of other little demons. It was really gross and you should look it up. Just Google DOAC Legion and and you'll see like a really, really weird picture of it. It was kind of cool, um, but whole guilds would get together in order to work on it. So I'm really excited for the Imperial city being like that open world pvp zone that you can go into you can do pvp objectives like i know you can do that in cyril but these will actually have real objectives that are kind of worth doing and be able to go in there and, and do all this fun stuff that excites me avi are you excited for imperial city
2: yeah i'm i'm excited if i'm gonna actually be able to get in and uh and see it but i'm really excited i like the idea of smaller base pvp and i like the idea of uh in-game arena they slightly mentioned uh i'm mostly just excited to see it you know i just keep on thinking back to oblivion and thinking back to how it looks and i want to get in there already (laughs) i'm excited i am excited
0: setsua and jack goes he i love setsua because he was an old doac player like me uh he was a hibby too just like me rack on Um, join the frolic that's what we do it took over 200 people to actually take down Legion. It was, that was a server-wide event. Everyone in your faction, when you were doing Legion, that was something you just did. Um, so that that that's interesting. Um, I, I like what they, the their little tagline. The highly anticipated Imperial City is here. Battle your way through the fallen capital of Tamriel in an all-new PvP experience. Imperial forces have routed the Daedra, and there went them. A- a motorcycle have routed the Deja back into the city and are calling all adventures for aid in battling the threat. But the Alliance war continues to rage on in the city War, war never changes. I let Imperial city is accessed when your Alliance controls all six um, of their home keeps. Um, it is, if the home keep is lost while players are inside the city, your alliance will be locked inside the city until you're all killed or all six home keeps are retaken. So something that was slightly different from what Dark Age of Camelot had, if no one takes any keeps, all three people have access. That was a little different because DOAC didn't have it that way. Only one person could have it and it would be locked to everyone if, if it were completely set. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Of course, they talk about several other things like how it's broken down in the different districts where you'll be able to go in and, and do some different stuff. Uh, there's a new Imperial Daedric armor that can only be crafted within the Imperial city and is quite powerful. So what I'm guessing is this is an item set that has an exclusive look to it. Not so much of a motif style. Um, Yeah they do have an arena which is cool but it's both pve and pvp and it's not instant. so you could be doing a pve arena battle and be attacked by players see that's what interests me the most
1: really I, i'm trying to work out how it works um is it arena sort of like as we know it such as the dragon star arena kind of idea if so how how's the limit of who comes in because if you can have a whole zerg come in and wipe you out that's kind of pointless but this there's a limit of perhaps you could end up having four groups of four, for example, in there, all of the opposing factions
0: and the the enemies, that'd be great. But I'm very interested by that. Okay. Well, if you remember the trailer they showed at E3, you remember that big giant hole with all the people throwing stuff. I really think that's the arena. And they, they go on to say that the city contains many different quests, daily quests, achievements, bosses, gear, weapons, crafting stations, and all these other PVE activities. So I think it could be something where you're in there doing like a Dragon Star Arena type arena battle and PvP guys just happen to hop in and take you out. I don't know. I know, let me me rephrase this. I know they said a lot of this stuff was supposed to be geared to be able to be completed with two to three of your friends, sort of like how Kraglorn is now. Like, all the quests in there, like, they're not expecting you to run in there with a 50-man Zerg. You could, but I doubt they they're kind of tuning everything to be around the 2-3 to player mark to complete a lot of the quests and stuff in there. So if your faction completely controls it, um, there's still a possibility you get ganked by people who haven't been killed from the other alliances. But if you're controlling it, you should be able to do most things with 2-3 to friends. Now, there are they did say there are raid bosses in here but everything is not instant so it's very much like you could be doing a raid boss and get crushed if you lose the city and people run through and kill you
1: yeah I'm just intrigued as I say if the arena say a four man group idea and yet pvp guys can come and kill you that's cool but well, it's not instance. Is there a limit? Can there only four of the other faction turn up as well? Otherwise, mm. what stops a group of twelve people turning up to do the arena itself and just slaughter everything? You know, there must be some limiting factor in there. You
0: know, Honestly, instance, the only limiting instance. factor I see in this entire thing is that population is shared with the rest of Cyrodiil. So, <laughs> yeah, so no, I am that, yeah, that could be thousands of
1: people. Yeah, you know, if you get a Zerg coming and kill you in the arena, it's like, well, that's just annoying. As I say, I like it to be not instance as such, but maybe a sort of instance which is open to two other factions. So you can literally have 12 players in there, four of each faction, and the actual PvE side of it as well. So you get a full-on hmm. constant battle going on. But
0: who knows? I know what you mean, because what makes this content challenging and fun? Yeah, they said they were planning on, on making most of it, Scale that two to three people, but you know what's going to happen. Day one, there's going to be three thousand people in there. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have to walk around with a full
1: on army just in case the PvP has come up, it's like, oh.
0: Well, yeah that that is a thing that could happen. See, open world things like this, just like Darkness Falls, the mechanics weren't really there. this. Isn't going to be. Dragon Star Arena. I don't even think the raid bosses down in the bottom while the videos made them look cool. I don't think they're going to be all that difficult because how do you scale world bosses in I mean, you can make them do certain things. Um, you can make them do mechanics. You can make them do certain things. But you can't be as tight with the with the AI when it could be 3000 people in there. I have a fly buzzing around. It's killing me. Avi, you've been kind of quiet. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I don't
2: have too much thoughts on okay. this whole thing. It's all—it's <laughs> all confusing me a little bit. It's, too much. <laughs> what's confusing
0: you? Because uh, I this oh, might I, actually. I, I... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just uh, I just
2: don't. I just don't get how the whole the whole thing's gonna work inside the whole okay. the whole the whole aspect of it the really whole... confuses okay. me just a little bit. Yeah.
0: Well, if you can think of anything that you're in particularly confused about um, I'm sure others are probably similarly confused and if you pose the question we can try to answer I'm trying to explain it the best I can and those who play Dark Age of Camelot will understand right away how all this is working when they show this off I know how this thing works now DOAC is also 15 years old so (laughs) there wasn't much in terms of mechanics anyway almost everything was tank and spank it was just you know that's all it was there wasn't a lot of mechanics in the game for almost anything, because the game was older and therefore they just, I don't, there's hardware limitations didn't allow for this kind of stuff.
2: So the idea with the arena is sort of on the line of like you can have an arena battle, but uh, other people say if uh, EP has the has has the imperial city and mm-hmm. then AD takes control of it, then they enter while EP is in the middle of a arena battle then the eighty people can just kind of come in and wipe them out, right? Yep. Oh, I, I think that's kind of cool. It's almost on the line of uh you gotta have uh you gotta make sure your your uh alliance is holding the city tight to go and do some of the smaller things inside. And if there's a big battle happening right on the outside wall and you're about to lose the Imperial City, then maybe you shouldn't be in the dead midst deadness of an arena battle but like i said that's why it confuses me just a little bit but i like the idea of how it's all sounding it sounds just like a big close-up battle you know and
0: uh i'm loving it (laughs) (laughs) It, and it does not it, it is difficult um to understand how it works but it would be more or less like just as i said before when the city starts If all, like, we'll just say the entire map is wiped clean. Everyone has their home keeps, and that's it. No one has taken anything. At that point, all three factions could enter the Imperial City freely. The gates are open, right? If I'm going to use EP because I love EP and it's blood for the pack. If EP goes, you know what? We want to do some stuff in here, and we're tired of the smurfs and the i don't know whatever they call the ad people i call them a much less flattering term bananas um, bananas is that it
2: yeah bananas
0: Uh similar to what i call them at least same shape anyway um <laughs> a phallic shape <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> um so ep goes screw these guys i'm tired of them we want to do some stuff in here like we have guilds who want to go in there we want to we want to down stuff we want to do quests we want to do all this stuff so we're going to block access to them how you do that ep sends groups out and takes keeps from the other side so ep has all six of their keeps our gates open the second that either one of the other factions loses a keep and they don't have all six of the home keeps their gate closes That does not kick out the people who are already in there, Um, but they can get no. It's like cutting off reinforcements. You still have the people that are in there, but they can't get reinforcements. Their only thing is to die or wait until their faction um, gets their home keeps back and reopens the gate to allow reinforcements. So it's cutting off their reinforcements. So I'm
2: guessing if you die and you don't have a uh, control over it anymore, then most likely you just have, you just it, get yeah it, it
0: forces you out. to okay. you know re, re, uh, respawn at Way shrine, which would be outside of the imperial city. Yes. Now, if you owned it, you might be able to respawn either using a soul gem or somewhere inside, like a waste shrine inside the city. You could you could use, but if you do not own the city. You you would get kicked out when you die. Um, Winnow and Stealth had something here and I want to talk about. Um, Could the Imperial City include phasing technology to control population? I think that really... While it could, I think that would do away with the, um, the idea behind it. This is meant to be an open PvE realm. Or PvP realm. Like... That whole extra danger is meant to remain there. Um, not only that, but if, say, you're doing an arena battle with your four people, all right, but you have 50 other Zerg members just sitting off on the side, if they used phasing technology, which would limit it to four of each faction, well then, 50 EP sitting on the side couldn't help you if an Alliance Zerg came through. Now, the zerg would limit to four people but what four people would it be how would they how would they determine that because most people run around in you know 20 man groups or whatever in Cyrodiil are larger it would be four random people chosen oh crap they're all four healers <laughs> you know like this is meant to be an open pvp thing they want you to go when you own the city this is what happened in Dark Age of Camelot when you own the city when you took the darkness falls First thing your faction did was said, okay guys, clear it. They got together in a giant Zerg and they searched every nook and cranny of the city, just wiping everyone out. Once everyone was cleared out of the dungeon, that's when it went into PvE mode and therefore um, they could go break off and do all their smaller PvE group stuff. You got a big notification. You'd be in there doing a dungeon and it'd be like, Hart Pact has lost control of Imperial City that was when you either hightail it out of there or group up with other people to make a last-ditch defense. Like, you know, once you lose control of the city, you're probably not going to be able to complete whatever it is that you were attempting to do in there. (laughs) Ark, never miss a chance to insult Altmer, ancient Nord saying, I like it. I'm sure there's probably gonna be some sort of population control within the city uh well I don't know because they said it shares the same uh population as as Cyrodiil. I don't know they may if it's on a different server I imagine when you go into the zo- into the Imperial city it's its own instant server so maybe they'll cap it off maybe they're only gonna allow one hundred and fifty or whatever their internal number of each faction in there to pre- you know preserve fact or uh, Server balance. I'm sure there'll be something along those lines, but I don't think we're going to see any sort of population phasing smaller than like a 50 man Zerg. So, um, yeah, that that is a possibility that they do lower the numbers just for they would only lower it for server stability, not for any any other reasons. All right, Imperial City. Last thoughts on Imperial City before we move on to the next little bit. I like
1: water. Some new content at last.
0: (laughs) After almost eight months, right? Um, Something we had talked about earlier was 20 new item sets have been added into the game. This includes the Zivkin armor set that crafted only in the Imperial City. So be prepared, all you theory crafters out there, to start uh, looking at a whole bunch of new sets. The meta will probably change across the board, not just for the um, reason that I'm sure everyone's thinking of right now, but mostly because these new sets could pop in new, better gear. I am excited, though, for item sets. I love when I see new gear and we'll getting to collect new gear because that's a lot of the fun in these games, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you were a raider like Estelle, you you get the same idea as I do. And I, I know the RPers and stuff. They're, they're they're in it for story. Now I'm in it for story as well. But there's different play styles. If you're at all a PVE player that cares about progression, part of character progression is of course gear and finding that pretty new shiny. Right? I mean, even in Skyrim, it was that way. You did the Daedric quest why? Because they had a pretty shiny at the end of it. You know, there was something that made it worthwhile doing an armor. And everyone loves getting new armor and weapons. Very few people like staying with the same thing forever. All right. Well, that was update seven. And what we know with the exception of one other thing, which we are going to talk about. And the thing that we're going to talk about now is our discussion topic. VR 16. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That was the bomb that I think went off, and everything just exploded. Like, chat blew up when Eric Robel came out and said that with update seven, they are increasing the veteran rank from VR fourteen to VR sixteen. I'm gonna go around, and I want to hear everyone's initial thoughts to this. You can just be something very brief and short, and we'll get into it afterwards. How Avi?
2: All right. Uh, I was confused at first. Uh, I heard it I heard it while just doing the event with you guys, the Craglorn event. So I heard it very briefly, and it confused me. But uh, now that I'm learning a little more about why they're doing it, for the armor, pretty much saying that it's going to be a progression to remove vet ranks. And this is just a way to kind of keep progression going until they could remove the vet rings as a whole with a whole different style of progression. So I I understand why they're doing it, but at the same time, I understand why everybody's angry because they sort of, they went back on their word with us telling us that they were getting rid of these. And I think nobody was expecting to hear that two more were being added after
0: hearing that they're going to go. Okay. All right. Uh, Esteldean, what are your initial thoughts? uh it doesn't bother me too much but then that's because i
1: only play my main so when i do the new content i'll get the next two ranks so that's fine um but it just makes you think oh i really don't want to play any alts now so not a huge fan of overall I, it doesn't bother me i think it's a bit unnecessary and frankly i think it's a bit sloppy they haven't got rid of the veteran ranks by now
0: okay um I'm gonna do a rather unfavorable opinion. And actually this is Thais's opinion too, because we actually sat down and talked about it because I went over and told her about it. And she and I both agree, we actually like uh veteran ranks. Like um the idea behind why they're doing it and the way they explained it, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit, but as they said, with this new they're trying to add a new progression of gear. Obviously with these 20 new sets, they want to add new progression and for any kind of progression raider, that's awesome because we like getting new gear. And if increasing the power level of things is just by going, all right, let's up its level a little bit, that's a good thing. I actually kind of like it. Now, I will I'll dig in further as we go along. Um, but I'm actually in favor of the new veteran ranks, and I'm actually fine with this as a term of progression, both for gear and power. All right. All right. Let's actually dig into veteran ranks and what we think. Why do each of us either oppose or go against such a thing? I'll I'll kind of go first on this one because I kind of explained a little bit, and you guys can kind of piggyback off of and give your counter thoughts. Um, reason why we like veteran ranks is because it does give us that sense of progression. When they release new gear, hopefully they go back and add VR 16 sets to the old gear as well. Um, Not necessarily update the sets that you have, but actually go, Hey, there's now a VR 16 variant of what you're wearing. You could go, well, you know what? I'm not really going to worry about it, but the main Raiders, like the actual people who are worried about end game progression, whether it's through trials or, you know, uh, any of the challenging PVE content are the top end PVPers are going to try to get out every little bit and characters that think that, um, the, the, their characters quote unquote done once they have their build, because once what's a build, a build for most players is the skills you have set your attributes as you have them set out and what gear you're going with to, you know, um, help along with what your play style is my templar right now is quote unquote complete because he has all the gear all the best in slot gear that he can get this would be the point in time in like my wow career where i would be bored because i have everything that's best in slot i mean yeah i can i'll be i'd be pushing progression rating but there would be no other carrot on a stick for me to go after. So by adding extra VR ranks, I see what they're doing. They're artificially adding a power level to certain things. It's very similar to item levels in Warcraft and other things. Like, oh, this is obviously more powerful stat-wise and and numerically than earlier versions. Um, I don't think VR ranks were always the issue. And I know we have... um, some other people and I see Winnow and stealth, uh, champion points are progression. Yes, I do agree. They are progression. Um, they are a horizontal character progression, but look at games like Rift. They had both gear grind as well as, um, their fate attunement or whatever it is that allowed you to still get better. There's, you can have multiple, you don't need one. Um, but that's, that, that's the reason why I'm thinking that this is a good thing. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? You want to counter? Give me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Okay. Uh when when it comes to progression, I like I like them. I like the XP. I like them. I uh sorry. Uh okay. Got <laughs> kind of mixed up a little bit. I like them. I just don't like how long it takes to get them. That's my number one problem. I don't like the million million yeah. uh, XP numbers that you have to get. I don't like how long it takes to get it, and I don't like the ways you have to go to get them. That's what bothers Mm. me. I don't like that. That seems to be what chat's
0: saying, too. Like, and I think that was the major complaint was, as you're saying, everything you had to do, they're so grindy.
2: And even, especially for someone like me, who doesn't really like to play with other people, and I know this is an MMO, I know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, you can't get through, you can't get the VR14 finishing all the solo content up to gold content. Uh, I've done it, uh, and I've done it very well i like to think and i only got the vr 9 so uh they're doing ways to improve this i see which we're probably gonna we're gonna be talking about soon but uh yeah you know that's always been my big problem is just the progression and the matter that you get somebody to vr 14 and it's like well i don't want to do that again (laughs) that was that was tiring enough as it is i had to go grind the freaking uh zombies for the last five veteran ranks so right you know, that that's my that's my problem, even though I do like the veteran ranks and I don't mind them being in the game. It's just a matter of how you have to get them.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, crabby, we haven't talked about that quite yet. I'm going to add that in here at the end. Um, yeah. It, a lot of people's complaints with the veteran ranks were just that. And I see chats kind of hitting on on altering numbers um estelden you had mentioned something about that why don't why don't you talk about the altering numbers on gear uh which part of the altering numbers on gear that would that would be like the tiers of gear
1: oh yeah i just don't see why they've still got veteran rank here um as you say you don't need it for progression you can have gear progressions done in the way that they even said they want seasonal gear so why not just get on and do that you know the new sets are coming out this is the perfect time because obviously that's probably going to make most of our current sets obsolete anyway. So here's your chance to turn up and say, right, VR 1 to 9, all the gear there is now rank 9 gear. And now we're getting, VR, getting rid of VR. So this is tier 1. So rank up, rank 9 is tier 1 gear. Here you go, level 50. That's the best stuff you can get. Tier 2, hard to get for whatever reasons. That's the equivalent of VR 14. And that will convert any gear from VR 10 to VR 14. Sure, this people who will go, oh, lucky me. I had a VR 13 um Master weapon. Now it's technically a VR14 one or the equivalent of. Great. So there are a minority who get away with it and they get they get a bit of luck. But all that gear is going to be redundant anyway because the new sets have come out, which will be either more tier two stuff or depending on how powerful they decide to make this stuff. I guess this would be the tier three. So season sure. three of gear, here it comes, and you could do all that and and wipe out all your levels at once. Silver and gold content unlocks because it needs not need any more. Again, the, the silver would equivalent of when you're in tier one gear. I advise you hanging around this place, but you can go on to gold section, which would be the tier two equivalent over there. And again, Imperial City is, is for those in tier two who are looking to progress onto tier three. All, gotcha. all that can be done without having the 16 ranks and it can't be that complicated.
0: I agree. No, that is something that is, I, I know people would like as well, but uh, do you feel that the adding VR ranks is just because the people at Zoss are incompetent or do you think they just like you think there's an underlying reason as to why they just can't remove them because like what you said they originally mentioned seasons of gear and I i like that idea of then oh this season's better are they kind of already in a way have that because you can get a lot of uh if you do AA and uh Hellra you get what VR12 gear right If you do serpent, you can get the same item sets that are VR 14, which is like season or tier one and tier two. It can be the exact same thing, just better stats. Why? Why do you think that they're having such an issue with removing these things?
1: I really don't know. My only assumption is because they haven't done bug roll towards (laughs) it because they've been too busy doing all their other content or the console stuff. Right. So they've kind of slacked a bit. And so they're, they're doing
0: this as a bit of a emergency patching. Um, Krabby says, I think it's more complicated to remove them because literally all the end game content is linked to veteran ranks. They probably need a lot of time to make sure everything is working with the new system. And he does have a point. A lot of the end game content is designed around these veteran ranks. By lowering the power level, let's look at silver and gold for instance. It's not like the 1-50 to experience. What do you do with silver and gold? or kraglorn for instance. All those mobs are leveled up based on the current leveling system. How do you remove that while still showing a differential in power?
1: Well, as I say, you'd have the the silver be the tier 1 gear, wouldn't it? So they'd be weaker than the tier two, which would be the gold content. So the the mobs are sort of based around what they expect you to be wearing, which is essentially what they are done on now. In a way, it's like, well, you should be VR one gear or whatever. So therefore, that's why this is a weaker zone. And the idea is that silver and gold content, people want it to be a more open experience anyway. So you don't have to worry about, obviously at the moment, it scales veteran rank by veteran rank, but by just sort of lump summing it and saying this is all tier one and this is all tier two, it gives you a much more broad, a spectrum of being able to go in then go, right, I can go anywhere I want now and technically I'm in tier one gear so all these places are open to me. Or if I'm feeling brave I can jump and jump into the gold and try gamble my way up there. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it works there. And then again the raids, while well, they they'd be tier two based. Um you could argue that's gonna be a problem because I've got tier three gear coming out. But isn't that going to be the problem anyway, fetch sixteen stuff unless they're gonna revamp the the
0: rates that are still going to be obsolete in the old gear set, as it were. And, and there needs to be that. And uh, I got to say, uh, on stealth, you're, you're not being, uh, you know, a massive D about it. <laughs> you, everyone has strong opinions and, and they're very well founded because they've told us they are going to my, my reasoning for liking veteran ranks is only because I like the idea of gear progression. And currently they don't have any other avenue of gear progression. um, because they haven't implemented these kind of things yet, or at least you know they haven't figured out a way or showing us a demo or anything showing us that they can remove veteran ranks. Um, I know we we're all theory crafting and talking about what we could do to change, but in the end, we don't know their backend system. What is causing the issue? We all think it's a very simple thing. Just just remove them, right? But what is what is really the issue? We're not sure about. Um, and, and, the, and yeah, would I like veteran ranks to be gone? Just champion points and, and then do the essentially the wow progression of gear where it's just, you know, this raid has this tier. And then, you know, you do that raid, you get that tier, you're happy day. And then when the next raid comes out, you have a new tier. Yeah, I like that. I've done it for years. I wouldn't have done it for years if I didn't like it. I know, uh, asteldian with your um, EverQuest, you've done the same thing. We, we like that type of gameplay um but
2: does a new t- does a new tier just mean like it's better armor at the same level
0: uh or yeah yeah essentially better stats oftentimes new tier gear is maybe a different type of set like they in- they often especially with this game what i would imagine them doing is the tier of armors you get you get a sword we'll give you a sword okay your tier one sword gives you it's ten damage one you know uh ten stamina okay that's it Tier two would come out and you could get the same sword. OK, it doesn't have any item set or they have this new one, that goes, oh, this sword also does massive AOE damage, but it's now 15 damage, 15 stamina versus your 10. So you have to go and work on that. Or you could get an upgrade to your sword to get it up to that tier level, which would be an awesome thing to do for crafters, right? Being able to use upgrade mats to upgrade crafted stuff through tiers.
2: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's like essentially it. just
0: gives you something to go after. Cause w- even even as for Skyrim players, as you're leveling up and you get new swords, it's nice. You open up oh look, that's a nice sword and it does more damage, right? But eventually you hit a point in the game where nothing is better than what you have. You know? Kind
2: of like with the veteran system. I mean, you know, if you're VR fourteen, you're not gonna go pick up your old VR one sword that you got from uh uh-huh. Some some guy at a quest, you know, and go, oh, I'm going to use this. No, it, it's completely useless to you now because it's 13 veteran rank levels behind
0: and completely under underpowered. And not only that, but once you have, like in my guy, I have my perfect quote-unquote set that optimizes my play style, right? There, anytime gear drops for me, the only thing I think about is, can I sell it or can I break it? Because nothing that's going to drop right now is better than what I have on. But when they release a new tier, uh, all the gear gets more powerful, so you could upgrade the current gear you have, or they release new gear sets going, I had best in slot, but now they release this new gear set that does something else, and I think that would actually be better for me. You know? And you go for that. And it gives players a way of constantly advancing characters. Avi, I know you're mostly a... you, You like alts. So alt, yes. people who play alts generally hate gear grinds more because they have to spend more time across multiple characters. Um, Esteldine, on the other hand, just like me, who do one character, we want to constantly advance one character. And it's yeah. fun getting gear. Exactly. <laughs> um, like I said, on my main guy right now, yeah, right now I have something. I got to do hard modes yet for trials. That's it but there's no gear from anywhere with the exception of maybe a master sword. I'd love one of those. Um, no gear that would ever drop that currently is in the game is even worth me looking at other than can I sell it or can I break it? That's, that's the, when I pick up gear, it's not, Ooh, maybe I can put this into my build. No, it's, does it sell or can I break it? And that is not fun to do, uh, with gear. You want to get gear and you want to go, Ooh, can I do stuff with this? Um, <laughs> I don't think any uh, Windows else I don't think anyone doesn't like gear grinds. Some just can't admit it. You know, people. I, I say that people are like, oh, I hate gear grinds. But those are either super casual players who you know play like an hour a week. Yeah, they hate gear grinds. But most people are like, oh, I hate gear grinds. Often then stop playing the game once they have the gear that they like. <laughs> that kind of stopped me in Guild Wars too because they have no gear grind. You get your set, you're done, and it's max. And it never changes. Even with our new expansion, gear never changes. I finished everything that I needed, had all my gear. I have nothing to look forward to. I yeah, log in no rarely. To play. Yeah, I have no reason to play. I think I've logged all of maybe two hours in the past six months of actual Guild Wars 2 time. <laughs> I log in every day to get my daily bonus. That's it. That that's not good for a game community because people who I would play with see me once once a day for about 15 seconds and that's it. Because I have no reason to play. I have no motivation to get stronger because I can't. Um Yeah. That that's yeah, that's how I, that's how I feel. Progression is what keeps people going. It's always getting it. Regardless of what people say, unless it's 100% sandbox, there's always a progression, whether it's the next level in a single player game, whether it's new gear or new levels in an MMO progression is needed. So VR 16, as of right now, I would prefer them doing VR 16 to give us more progression. Give me something else to look forward to since they haven't removed it. Would I prefer them removing veteran ranks? Yeah. Um would I prefer them staying VR fourteen through the next two things they planned? Eh, probably not. So. What if
2: everything was VR fourteen, but it just had a higher stats? Uh,
0: well, number wise, they wouldn't. They they wouldn't do that. That's that's the problem because oh, that would I, be I the tier it. of gear. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they would maybe earlier if they removed it. That would be the tiers we're talking about. But they we're obviously. <laughs> yeah yeah we're talking math here. yeah yeah <laughs> um vr14 is a certain power level where then people would be going wait a minute now this gears vr for, it's still vr14 why is it so much more powerful and why can't i craft things that are similar because they probably wouldn't affect crafted stuff and if they did then it would it would come into effect of people going my gears vr14 you said i'm not i don't have to level anymore but this gear's obviously super more powerful in stats so every gear i'm wearing right now is just worthless anyway
2: yeah makes sense
0: yeah it's there there that the idea you have is progression but it invalidates with, without that number that people can see you know to to VR16 and VR14 when people see that change yeah there it, it might not mean much the numbers are still there the power's there but there's a reason in their heads as why this is more powerful when you get a piece of gear that by all intents and purposes is identical but more powerful people go why is this and why is my stuff not as good Hmm. all right anyone have anything else they want to say about veteran 16 before we move on Uh, nope nope all right uh hopefully someday we'll hear about removal of veteran ranks but to be 100% honest based on what ESO live said I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I was
1: just impressed ESO Live I actually had something worth listening to. Oh, to this is true. Uh,
0: An actual update. But the way, speaking of, we were talking about this, I have on here that spellcrafting is still a thing. They spoke about the removal of veteran ranks the way they spoke about spellcrafting. Because apparently it is still a thing. They were talking about the ability of having a PvP taunt and they said, well, currently we don't have one, but when spellcrafting comes out, we have this kind of charm skill that you'll be able to use. So they are talk spellcrafting is still a thing, folks. It is still a thing, it's still coming, so I uh, some people will probably rage. But I actually like spellcrafting. So
2: Did you did you see when they announced uh when they announced in the veteran ranks on ESO live, he was pretty nervous to say it. <sighs> I would too. He was he was, he was he was looking around a little, little bit, a little bit of deep breathing, like, "All right, guys, uh, get ready. Uh, don't walk away after you hear it. Please, let me explain."
0: <laughs> he, well, he <laughs> was, was like probably getting ready. To... And that's over again. <laughs> he was getting yeah. ready to actually duck from the people flipping chairs. That's what he Good was. He's like, "Oh no, no don't, don't, yeah." Because if you were there and watched the chat, chat exploded. It looked like the worst of Reddit all at one shot. It was it was pretty bad. Um, but the way they talked about it was literally like, I don't foresee this happening in the next year or two. I really don't. At least this year. We will not see the removal of Veteran Ranks this year. I don't think we're going to see it with uh, Orsinium. Orsinium. Uh, we know we're not seeing it with Imperial City. I I don't think we're probably going to look at it for probably at least two years.
1: To be honest, the VR16 change wasn't the most exciting news I'd heard anyway in the, uh, <laughs> in the updates we've been given. I was far more interested in the uh, the changes to Sorcerer's Bot of Escape, Dodging. Oh block. yeah, Bolt. Block in particular, because I think. So the idea of not regenerating stamina while you have your block up, very interesting change indeed. The oh. PVE crowd is gone crazy because like, well, it makes sense with PVP, but my God, that's going to make some changes to the PVE land.
0: I'm very excited to see how trials and stuff work out now with, like you said, that, but that that's going to be something we'll have to talk about as we get to, um, into, into it a little more. I, I intentionally left those things out because those are things they're talking about as changes. But I would like to see them on PTS before I make any jumps one way or the other with them. Well, as it sounds, I'm thinking the night they just become the king of (laughs) (laughs) tanking. Oh my. Well, they had to be king of something at some point, right?
1: Yeah, I don't mind, it's (laughs) their time to be in the sun to be honest. But yeah, I do think they'd be pretty impressive. Especially with vigor and PvP being changed as well, down to baby ranks, so everyone's gonna have that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Oh totally. All right, guys, that's the end of our discussion topic. We are going to move into our tail section where we talk about what we did in ESO this week. And first up is Esteldian. Uh,
1: well, mine will be pretty short and sweet. I didn't really do much at all in, in game this week, to be honest. I think I ran a vet DSA just because some people were doing it, so I just jumped along.
0: Oh, yeah? Uh,
1: other than that, yeah, in,
0: Uh Smedley, is that what you were doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. I just, you know. <laughs> tweeting his tweets, you know, <laughs> liking him. Uh, but yeah, nah, I just haven't really done much at all. Um, I, I pop on occasionally, run a little delve in Cyrodo just to take another champion point away. But otherwise, yeah, not really done much, I'm afraid.
0: Alright, alright. Uh, Avi, sir.
1: Alright,
2: well, uh, I I, I made a little decision this week on the, which one of my characters I want to get the VR14, because I just... Really want to get the VR fourteen already. It's starting to bug me so much. (laughs) And (laughs) really before uh, sixteen comes out, right? Yeah, before (laughs) sixteen comes out. Or maybe I should just wait now since it's gonna be easier to get X
0: to get XP. They are they are nerfing what is it, fifteen percent? It's down to hundred and fifty thousand instead of a million. Yeah, and I think it's even uh,
2: a little more experience in a lot of places public dungeons other places that for you to get experience so it's going to be easier to level up to character which i like but
0: not
1: bloody group dungeons
0: oh yeah no oh yeah heaven forbid group dungeons get better experience yeah god forbid we bring some of that mmo into this game (laughs) let's go out there and up the experience for public dungeons which are what just going to be zerged all day all right sure pretty (laughs) much pretty much uh, so alright so yeah I decided that I'm
2: gonna level up my sorcerer you know my sorcerer is probably my favorite character right now she's VR4 right and she's only the in silver cuffs right yeah I know right <laughs> seriously. seriously I'm gonna play Sork
0: <laughs> nerf oh nerf. <laughs> Better
2: stay. I better stay away from Templar I don't yeah, want do you not, you're not allowed to play to Templar hurt. ever <laughs>
0: as soon as Avi plays Templar nerf
2: nerf <laughs> But yeah, so you know, she's only in Grotwood and she's already VR4, and you know, using XP scrolls and just doing all of that stuff. I have a feeling I'm gonna get her to VR14 far be before I finish gold content. So I, that's what I've been doing pretty much. Even though I haven't played her much this week, it's just in planning. But besides that, I uh, I started an... oh, <laughs> we just said that. And in the notes, I actually have written that I just started a new Templar. So a little oh, army there. No,
0: don't
2: play it. <laughs> but it, he's he's a loby. Oh. You know, I started an argonian templar really because I haven't tried tanking or healing in this game and it's starting to get me a little frustrated that I don't know much about the other ways to play this game. So I'm starting to learn a little bit. You know, uh, so I decided to go argonian simply because I never do any of the tough end game stuff. So I felt no need to force myself to play a high elf or uh, do another Breton character, so I'm working on him. He's level ten, having some fun. Always liked playing an Argonian. I think Argonian was my first class in an Elder Scrolls game that I played. Played him for like two minutes, deleted, and made a Nord. But <laughs> but yeah. So uh, and besides the last thing I did, I did the EP Craglorn run with the guild. Ooh. Or, uh, with the Wings of Fate Guild and the Dungeon Crawler community. You know, that was really fun. I got to finally talk to some people, Kip, Ark, you know, and uh play with them for the first time in game. And not to mention, I think it was my first time ever seeing a jealous in game. So you know, <laughs> was, you know, after all this time of us doing podcasts and stuff, you know, people were like, Wow, Avi actually plays the game. Look, there he is. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right I'm around. <laughs> got so, you know, I, in
0: all my Nord Gor Glory just yeah, your, yeah. You
2: guys, you guys, in all your your nice armor, and I'm <laughs> hiding. up I'm I'm hiding all of my ugly armor behind the costume.
0: <laughs> I saw I you mean, roll I, up.
2: You rolled up in your I, armor, and then you saw <laughs> us. And you're like, I God, I, I have I have not played that character in a really long time. You know, I get on him every once in a while to feed his horses and just look at him and go, oh, I miss this guy. So <laughs> I got on him and I looked at my armor and I went, Oh my goodness. This is, Back when I back when I didn't know about sets and I just had all these random armors that I've made purple and went oh they're purple he, oh. he looks good, but now now I'm learning a little bit and I'm like oh this guy this guy needs a lot of work, so yeah and that's that's pretty much been my week you know it was nice to finally play with some people and uh, interact a little bit in game and yeah very fun,
0: uh, at least you're not that guy there's a guy in uh, one of the guilds I'm in, and he legendaries every new set of gear he makes. So when he makes a character, he legendary a set of level four gear. Wow. He must, have like, a lot of he must have a lot of material. I know, right? I know <laughs> he every, every like 10 levels, he redoes his gear and he let legendaries everything. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow, I
2: can't imagine. I'm, I'm so I'm cheap. I'm still not legendary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I legendaried all this gear and then I started changing up my build because I wasn't getting the damage. And now it's like, yeah, no, I'm good with, I'm I'm good with the epic quality. I'm, I've, I'm so out of tempers and everything that it's just like, no, yeah, epic's good. Epic's good. it's <laughs> oh. just
1: so small. I can't bring myself to do it. I'm like eight tempers just to make this gold. I just, I just feel cheated. Right. Uh, principle, I'm like, I'm not doing this. I just feel robbed doing this. I'm, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't care if it makes me get an extra 10 DPS. I ain't doing it. That's funny. <laughs>
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. It's, I, no, I, I, and I can't, I I can't spend the money for the 10. If I find them, I save them. Of course I do. But I'm not spending the money to up this gear until I'm pulling numbers that I really, really like. Now the Ravager gear really helped me out a lot. Um, But I'm still really excited to try out that, that build that you were talking about last week, Estelian. I'm waiting on that guide, like, Oh
1: yeah, we have a, Oh yeah, I've written it up. Uh, funny enough, that's one thing I did do the other day. I we was just in there with my gildy, giving it a little test run. Um, 14,500 on the gargoyle. I know that's not hitting the numbers that the uh, the hardcore endgames are, but to put it in perspective, same sort of stats and gear. We're hitting around 14,000, 13,500 using the Adric Warrior build, which I know in theory can do pretty high numbers. It's just obviously not in the hands of us. Yeah. So. 14 and a half sounds like it's, it's pretty much on par with that. Uh, very interesting build indeed. I'd say no weaving, pure range. It's uh, something a little different, a bit magic intensive,
0: so make sure you've got those champ points stocked up. I'm waiting. Like um, As soon as I see that build, I have a, another Templar sitting there waiting to do it. She was all tanky, and I'm just not enjoying her, so I'm like, I'm going to try this build as soon as he has it, and then I'll level with that for a bit. Yeah, it is, it is actually written up in my Uh-oh. email now. Oh, okay, great. So we might see it on Dungeon Crawler soon, right?
1: Yeah, this week probably. I just wanted to uh,
0: say we were just doing the test yesterday just to make sure. Numbers fine. Should be ready? Cool, because I really want to play with it. (laughs) And I've I've eagerly been waiting going, you know, head of the network sitting there. People are like, hey, when are we getting this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm waiting too. Okay. (laughs) Dark dark flares making a comeback, baby. All right. All right. I love spell. Well, other than waiting on that, that that uh, build so I can play my other Templar, um, I did get to run. uh, We attempted an Arthurian Archive hard mode uh, with Dreadlords on my on my Nord. Uh, It was a blast. Um, Near the end, we kind of got a little sloppy. We didn't actually down. Our best attempt was 14 percent, I think. Um, And I got to tell you, I know people talk about the Trials. And how, you know, they're rather easy compared to some of the, some, some of the other stuff. But Altherian archive hard mode is insane. The amount of stuff that they add to it, like we're sitting there and there's just so much stuff, meteors, more mini mages, uh, the 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 black hole portals. It's crazy what all gets added to this. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get back in there and uh, play that. Um, so shout out to the Dreadlords guild again on the U S mega server, taking me along, had a blast. Cannot wait to get back in there and play around some more. Um, cause right now the only things I have not done are veteran DSA and the hard modes of the trials. I have all the other trials complete, just not the hard modes. So that's my next step, vet DSA and the hard modes of all the trials. So yay. Um, So that's what I did on my main character by myself. Now we did, and obviously for those who've been listening since last week, uh, Dungeon Crawler Network is trying to do a lot more guild events. And we have a new uh, Ebonheart Pact um, officer who is doing event coordination. Uh, It's Kilted Piper, awesome guy. And, mm, excuse me, he is doing a pledges night every Tuesday. Um, Our next pledge... Which we'll talk about later is again this coming Tuesday, um, where we just get to go as a guild and run pledges. Now we did the normal and the gold, uh, and I, we ran it with a uh, uh, maiden Hellfire. I got to meet her; she's awesome. And Ridge, Ridge, um, great guy. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? A uh, an Argonian snuck up behind me. She's all shadow scaly. I actually made it pretty far without you seeing me i know Too, <laughs> didn't even know she's back there till i fell a hand on my back i'd have been dead if she was a shadow <laughs> scale i'm telling you man that's
2: awesome
0: ah, that's really i'd have been dead a, a thief or an assassin. i know is uh the little nordling asleep yes i was gonna get some ice cream oh ice cream it's yeah, hot yeah. in here <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway uh so if anyone's interested the Kilted Piper pledges night. It's a lot of fun. Come on out, do some fun stuff. Um, and then of course, uh, I ran a Kraglorn night on Thursday with, uh, several guildies, six or seven other guildies. That was really fun. Like really fun. I know, uh, Maiden was there. Um, Kilted, Avi, of course. Uh, no, Kilted was not there. It was Kipster was there. And there was, there was a bunch of other people as well. Um, I'm trying to remember everyone who showed up. Arkaneer was there. Arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we just had a blast running through the different quests. I, I love Craglorn. And I was saying this the entire time. The idea of Craglorn is a lot of fun because it, it requires a group of people. And it, we were going through, we went through, uh, we did the Spell Scar area. Because everyone knows when if you were grinding scar there's this annoying little quest giver who follows you. Thank goodness you're here. And you just ignored her constantly. Um, Even Kipstra is like, I've never done this quest before. And I'm like, despite the fact of all the characters you've grinded to VR 14 in this area, you've never done this quest. And it actually leads you inside that giant spire. It is really cool when you get in there, like. And I actually, I think I still need to tweet you a picture, Avi, of it on uh, uh, ultra I gotta, graphics.
2: I got te- I got to tweet you the
0: picture of non ultra graphics. <laughs> <laughs> the eight bit. Can I run it on my Nintendo? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Let me just say though, those those uh delves inside of Craglorn are beautiful. This is the first time I've ever I ever got to see anything in Cragborn early, you know, so gosh, even though I kind of I might have I might have been the guy who fell off the edge.
0: But, uh, <laughs> Were you the guy who's like, hey, I could jump this? And you're like, nope.
2: <laughs> uh, I, no, I made it. I jumped it and I made it. I was like, whoa, I, I hope I was supposed to make that jump. And then somebody tried to jump it behind me. In their, they wrote and they had to write in chat. They're like, no, I didn't. I didn't make it.
0: it didn't make it. Nice. <laughs> That whole area, it was the quests are actually a lot of fun to do. We did that one, and then we just we we more or less just picked a direction and went. Guys, this is we're just gonna do any quest or any delve we come across, um, and we had enough for almost two full groups, I think. So we were able to do like four and three to finish some stuff. And I know I went with the three group most of the time because I was VR fourteen, and a lot of other people were lower levels, so um but it was a lot of fun to do all that and i know we're going back we're going to try to do that weekly um i think we're going to do it again this thursday i just have to double check
2: got to got to start working on that ep character a little bit
0: <laughs> i i will eventually force you to just go ep cuz that's what's going to happen so uh, i know i don't know about that <laughs> we're going to keep doing all these events and you're going to be like man i really just should just go ep it did
2: get a it did get a little more lonely when I went to DC because the guys I went to DC to play with all eventually left the game. So yeah. But man, I mean, for King and Covenant, what can I say? Oh, blood for the Pact, right? That's what you can say. Any anything that's not Dominion. Eh,
0: yeah, that's true. As long <laughs> as you're not Dominion. All right. Um so that was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to do more of those um. And Craglorn and, uh, will definitely be like a recurring thing going forward because it's one of those things that you can do that's like PVE. And even if you've cleared Craglorn, you can go back and do it again because all the quests are dailies. So they're repeatable. So you're constantly earning champion points and things like that. So it's just a lot of fun. Uh, finally, uh, I was playing my Altmer Sorcerer. Um, I didn't get as much time. I played a little bit on Saturday morning and a little bit prior to the show, not as long as I wanted, and Krabby, get off this stream, not for the queen. No. Go back to your house. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to roll up an Elder Scroll and beat you on the nose with it. No. Um, I only got from 38 to 39. I was hoping to hit 40, which would make her my second highest character. <laughs> I have a VR 14 and a 39. That's my gap. It, it's very much the one percent kind of thing on my account. Like I have one VR fourteen, and everyone else is like way low. Um, I'm almost done with East March. Almost done with East March. Um, I think I have. I just finished, and I'm not gonna give too many spoilers or anything. But I just finished Fort Amal. So for those who on Ebonheart Pact know where that is in the storyline, there's only like two more story arcs. You know, story quests before the end of the zone. Um, now there's some other little minor stuff I have to clear up. There's only like two more story quests uh, to finish off. Um, one with some weird witches, and then the final area that ends off the zone, um, which is uh, what is what is the name of that uh, castle on the on the hill or whatever it is? It's it's the actually uh, for those who played Skyrim. It's uh,
2: oh Skull Dolphin. I Skull think Dolphin.
0: Yeah, the Alduin's. Yeah where Alduin was at, you know, where you actually go to fight Alduin at the end of Skyrim. Spoilers. No, no spoilers. skyrim has been out forever. Uh, is actually the final area of East March as well. Like you end up up there. Um, so I have one area to the south I have to go to and then the attack on Skidolphin and then and, and that's it. And then it's down to the rift. So I've, I've really enjoyed East March. Like I, I always enjoy the Skyrim zones. I just do. Um, it's just getting by Shadowfen before that is rough. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's done. But now whenever um, Esteldian's whenever new guide comes out here for the new build, I'm going to be loading that up on my Imperial Templar. I'm going to strip her down. That's right. She's sexy. I'm going to strip her down, break all of her armor, and build armor based on what they're saying with whatever and level up using that build. Because I, I, yeah, I want something different. Yeah, I don't different. know how well it works a level up build, to be fair. Well, it's but, okay. Uh, I, I need to practice it, so I'm fine with playing with it. I'll, I know you have a bunch of probably high-end gear that I'll just kind of add in with Crafted. But I want to play with the rotation and everything. And well, I think funny we, enough, the, okay. the, the beginner set
1: did use five
0: citruses. funny enough. So that's a nice oh, easy... Sweet. Um, that's what I'll do. I'll probably end up doing that. Cause I want something a little different from the, I don't know. Like I just, I didn't want to do exactly what my main Templar does, which is, you know, two handed damage. Um, so I try going sword and board God her up to like 27, 28. I don't, I don't know. It's tanking's not for me. I just, I, it's not, I, I know none of the early questing is difficult, but it just feels slow compared to my other character, like my sorcerer, for instance, Uh, who was spec'd primarily magic DPS, she just blows stuff up. Like, it's just it. There's nothing. Um, Even my Dragon Knight, who's spec'd as a sorcerer, it just blows stuff up and makes everything look like... Obviously, they both die faster, but I just feel like nothing really um, threatens my life enough other than maybe world bosses to wish I had a tanky character. Um but being a tanky character for normal quests just feels slow. So. Oh,
1: no, I, I agree t- entirely. I, I, I played this game always intended to be a main tank, but leveling up, nah. Sword and Shield was leveled up by doing the old quest hand and swapped to the other bar, because yeah. there's just no, no need to be playing around with that as your thing. So I, I wore mixed of armor, so I got them all leveled up, so I don't need to worry about that. Yeah, w- worry about the tanking later on. Um, yeah. If Just I want to tank it, on the character
0: level. later, I'll I'll build a set and let her do it at max level. I'm not eating. exactly.
1: And if you well, if you like me, because I'm a Magicka based build, so I use seducers for my tanking as well. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> set's already ready. Happy days, yeah. Although obviously I use light armor for the DPS, but <laughs> <laughs> while leveling, you can go with five heavy for the seducers. The perk of it is it gives you plenty of regen anyway, so you don't need to worry about being in light.
0: Right. Right. And. Practically nothing you're fighting anyway is going to tax your resources. Not until you start doing dungeons and raids. Do you ever run out of resources? Um, Exactly. I mean, my healing
1: tank's got 2,000 regen, and he's in all heavy. Yeah. So you can get the
0: regen going easy enough without light armor, so it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah, tanking to level up, I did it at first 27 levels, and I just... At first, it felt refreshing. It's like, yeah, this is kind of neat. I can take, like, 20 things. And then you realize 90% of the quests... You don't need a tank. around You can almost do every quest without killing things. And you realize, well, what's the point of me holding 20 enemies when they're uh, all that does is waste time? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, it, that's that's how I felt about that. So whenever that build comes out, I plan on leveling my Templar, my other Templar a little bit. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is I'm trying to finish leveling up my skills because I think think I'm actually going to switch like respect my guy and put more skill points into provisioner again. I know I just leveled it off, but none of my characters are VR one, which means I can't do the highest level uh, writs on any character, even though they're all 50 crafters. So they all need the highest level rip, but you can't accept it because you can't get to Kraglorn to hand it in. (laughs) So I am potentially losing out on all of this uh sigic ambrosia stuff because the only character who's high enough level to turn in the rit has no point even though it's 50 he has no uh skill points in in provisioning so i'm actually going to probably switch that around again so and i'm also in like 4 days or something like that i'll be able to put in the last of my Honed items so i'm going to do that i'm going to put in my last hunt and then i'm going to spec out of all the bonus because once you have all of them running, I haven't noticed anything change, but like if you put them all in, like you have four points in the uh, research timer and then respec out of it, as long as they were put in, they use that time. Like that's what I've noticed. I'm not seeing it change and it doesn't unlearn stuff if you don't put points back in it. So since it'll be final one, I'll free up 12 points. I think it is because all my, all my researches are then done. So I'll have 12 points free to move around after five days. So in five days I'll respec um, after I research the last five items I need for Nurn Honed and then respec out of that and just not have any points in the um, the research timers because I don't need them anymore. And I'll that'll free up 12 points that I can throw around somewhere else. Um all right. That was our gameplay. And let's go ahead and move on to, you know what? I think I'm going to skip our ad on spotlight this week. I'll be a good call. I have no idea what I'd use. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Let's go right on into the guild corner. Um, We didn't earn enough on our raffle this week in order to pick a winner. So that's going to roll into next week. Um, But let's go ahead and talk about guild stuff, because we got a lot of events, especially for the Wings of Fate Dungeon Crawler Community Guild. So, Steldian, why don't you go ahead and uh, shout out your guild?
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, Crucial Sanctorum on the EU server for PC players, Daggerfall Covenant. We're still looking for just a few more. Uh, We've got 30 members. Uh, We're probably looking around 35, 40, ideally, just to help. You know, make sure we've got plenty of people around to do pledges, vet days, uh, trials twice a week. Um, fairly relaxed guild. We like to have a laugh, but also can if you're struggling with bills or a bit nervous about ratings 'cause you've never done it. That's not a problem. We can easily show you the ropes. It's it's not a big deal. We've had plenty of people who've never even raided before in their lives who've turned up, and in fact, they've, some of them have become very strong players indeed. So don't be afraid. And if you're interested, just pop to CrucioSanctorum.engine.com. And just leave a little bit about yourself in the recruitment page and we'll get back to you.
0: There you go. Uh, Avi, sir.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mortal Entity is a PVE guild for the Daggerfall Covenant. Uh, anyone is welcome to join at any levels. Uh, most of the active people are also in the Wings of Fate trading guild, which you'll hear a jealous talk about right now. So uh, I've been working more with them. So I'm not too sure on the future of my guild right now, because I want to get way more involved with the uh, the community side of Wings of Fate, but if you do want to come by, come join us. Eventually, if something happens, well all we're all just going to go to the Wings of Fate. So,
0: yeah. Hey, Obi, welcome. Yeah, Obi's in chat. Hey, um, and actually, speaking of Wings of Fate being the community guild for us, we've been doing a whole lot. We've been looking for people, and Avi has uh been graciously stepped in as our Daggerfall Covenant uh, event coordinator. Um, and yes, sir, I know you sent me an email, and I think it's an awesome idea. Awesome. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> he stepped in because right now we're a very... Well, we're fairly large right now. Um, I just did a whole big clear out of inactive people because we're, we're clearing people out who've been inactive for about a month uh, just to make sure we have an active roster. We know who we got. If you're going to be away for longer than a month, please let me know. Um, if you let me know, then then we'll be good there. Uh, we are still actively looking, um, especially among our own guys. This is mostly internal. If you've been with us for a while, you get priority. Of course, uh, we are looking for an AD event coordinator as crabby saying in chat more AD and <laughs> wings of fate um, <laughs> and a, a, a trials leader um, because we, we want to get into that a little bit too. Um, obviously there's a lot of really good, guilds out there like i run with dreadlords i would recommend them wholeheartedly on the u.s mega server if you're into fairly serious rating like these guys are, are are good and uh and we'll go from there but we're, we're we want to get a group together as well that's going to be a little more casual just so people can you know learn how to do stuff because obviously you got to start somewhere right um so that that's something we're gonna have to do um so yeah, still looking for one of those and an AD guy. Uh, Avi, of course, has stepped up to be our Daggerfall Covenant. So he will be working on doing events for the Daggerfall Covenant. Um, of course, if you head over to dungeoncrawlernetwork.com slash events, that's our calendar. You'll see what we're doing, uh, when our podcasts are, when we're doing stuff within the guild, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And also for guild stuff, who to contact if you're interested in doing those things. Um, Kilted Piper has stepped up to be our Ebonheart Pact coordinator and he is doing pledge night every Tuesday as I mentioned above at 7.30pm eastern time uh, so every Tuesday he's going to be getting groups together and organizing groups to go through and do all the pledges silver and gold so you can come out get your keys uh, get to know various people that you know hang out with us because we'll be there you can hop into team speak with us chat with us we just have a good old time um, and finally, uh, I am also helping out with the Ebonheart Pact uh, coordinator. I'm not an official coordinator. I'll say that. I, I am not. Um, but I do like doing Craghorn nights. Uh, the only reason why I haven't said I'm official yet is because with the little milk drinker, um, my time has been not so much limited. as my, It has been limited, of course, but it's more sporadic. It's harder for me to set down a time and stick with it because if he decides he's going to be finicky or need multiple uh, diaper changes like today, <laughs> that eats up my time. And, of course, I had to run off and do all that. Even even during a cragler night, I had to put people on hold going, guys, hold on a second. I got to go check on, on, on Lil Milk Drinker. Um, so that is something people have to, to deal with. Krabby's um, asking, what VR do you need for pledges? Um, for pledge night, we take any level. Um, you need to be at least VR one to actually accept the veg or the, the pledges. But if you have a low level, we'll speed run you through so you get the, the skill point. So they, we did that uh, for several people. They got this silver quest and we went in at a lower level for my character so that we could get the skill point. And then then we do. Then you have to be at least veteran rank one for gold pledges because those will make people do at gold uh, or at least veteran. Um, so. I think what we're also going to do is I have to put it up on the calendar yet, but I think this Thursday the 9th at 7 p.m. we're going to do another Kraglorn night because the last one went off really well. This is for Ebonheart Pact, of course. So we're going to do another Ebonheart Pact um, Kraglorn night on Thursday. So 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday is Pledges Night for Ebenhart Pact and for... Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern is going to be Craglorn night for Evanhart Pact. And uh Avi has a DC event coming up shortly as well. Um Krabby, it's looking like you just need to uh you know come over here and and, and go Evanhart Pact. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Um, if you're interested in joining, you can just send me a message in game. That's at Agelos A G G E L O S, and we'll get you an invite. Obviously, um, we do try to do the uh, trader as well. So make sure you keep up on on the auctions. Keep your guild store loaded. That way, we can sell some stuff, get good traders, and make it make it helpful. All right, it's emails time, and man, do we got a lot of them. I need to work on like a sounder for this because we we got quite a few emails and these are awesome because we got quite a few. So it's really cool. Um, Keep them coming. I love getting these. Uh, We answered this one already, but I'm going to answer for other people. This is from Ryan. He goes, hey there. I appreciate the work you guys put into these builds. Just have a question on the 20 Templar stamina DPS build. What passives would you recommend taking for all categories, class, skills, weapons, armors, racial, etc.? Uh, and since Esteldian wrote that, I'm going to let you answer that again. I know I already emailed you, but you can just answer it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you'll find most builds, that, not just ones I write, but anyone writes, they usually don't delve into the passives much. And the simple reason is because any passives for any skill then you're using, it's just worth getting them all. I always recommend getting every single class passive anyway, just in case you change builds up or just flip some skills out. Always take all the passive in your weapon and always take your armor and and all your, all your racials, definitely. I mean, my priorities would always be getting your racials and your classes. And there are, there, there are some you can read, like in medium armor, for example, I'd say the improved sneaks are low priority because that's not really relevant to the actual DPS spec, as it were. But otherwise, so it's a bit common sense involved there. But otherwise, you just, you just take all the passives. I mean, I've got all three armor passives just in case I decide to do a build. I don't even use stamina anymore. But I've still got a build with them all in there just in case I might flip over to it. So, yeah, you'll find you'll rarely ever get much details on passives because it just makes sense to have them all every right. time.
0: If you're leveling up, of course, there is exceptions. Um, you just got to prioritize which ones would be more helpful. Um, while you're leveling up when you don't really have a lot. Uh, depending on the race, I think we talked about this as well. Depending on what race you are, if you're a Nord, for instance, just ignore passives till the end. <laughs> <working> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. If you're Imperial or Red Guard, you may want to pick them up for that stamina DPS build um, The sooner. And if I remember correctly, several of the ones within Adric's spear line. Would be preferable to the other ones. Uh, burning light passive is a must. Just that—that's like the best one. Yeah, that unbalanced warrior, balanced oh, warrior, and priorities. burning light. Yeah. So if you're if you're tight on them, I would always go weapon. Get your weapon passives, and then uh, the Adric spear for that particular build. Focus on those before you focus on any of them. But otherwise, yeah. get them all. But don't don't gotta gotta have a little common sense. Uh, Same with armors. Um, Look at the stats for the armor because you're definitely going to want to increase the ones that uh, do critical strike. Add critical strike for medium armor and what was the other one? The weapon damage. The weapon damage one. Yeah, that's a plus. There's also one that does stamina regeneration or uh, reducing cost. But the crit and the weapon damage would be first and deal with uh, your stamina later. You're not going to have to worry about it while you're leveling. Because while you're leveling, you're never going to run out of stamina. It just, it doesn't happen unless it's, you're doing dungeons or something like that. Um, and by end game, you'll have enough to do everything anyway. So, uh, hope that helped. And if you have any more questions, please go ahead and send them in. Um, oh dear. Next question. Um, I, I'm i just going to, I'm going I'm to call this uh, Ryo. Ryo, because... Was it, Ryukujan? I'm sorry, dude. I cannot pronounce Asian names. Um, Hello, I just started listening to your Tales of Tamriel podcast, and I'm new console player in ESO. By the way, congrats on the little milk drinker. Thank you so much. Uh, anywho, I was wondering if you have any idea what some good tank builds are for the Dragon Knight. Uh, I see you have Templar builds, but I was wondering if you are going to see any other classes on your site in the near future. My goal is to be an effective PVE tank and be able to perform well in all end game dungeons and raids. Thank you for your time and keep up the great work, guys and gals. I look forward to hearing more of your great podcast. Um, Stellian, I don't know if you have a Dragon Knight stuff yet, but I do have
1: a VR 2 Dragon Knight, um, but yeah, he's not max level. Um, I tend to write, obviously, temper one I'm most familiar with, and I do a lot with. Yeah. That said, I do have a guildie who has, who does, my my raid leader, funny enough, he, he plays DK and he tanks a lot with that one, as well as DPS specs, and he obviously puts builds up for our guildies, so I could always, with his permission, steal that and sort of rewrite that in my usual style and put them on the on, the, on the Dungeon Crawler network if we don't have anyone else, because, yeah, I've got people in my guild who do, do theory crafting and do like to play around with different builds, so oh, it can be can. there.
0: Um, sounds good. And, uh, in the meantime, if, if he can't get his permission to steal those, uh, I recommend there's a, a specific forum, uh, Tamriel If you go under their forums and their dragon Knight theory crafting, there is a sticky thread up there called the two Oh dragon Knight build, uh, compilation, uh, where they've listed quite a few different builds that, that they've been using. They don't have a ton. They only have like two tank builds, um, that that are and one of them, I think they only have one or two that are PVE related. Uh, but you could check out there because they've been doing a good job about keeping a nice compilation of all the builds that are posted. And there it looks like there was one that was fairly decent called the blockade. I was looking at it before. Um, but yeah, check that out. It's under TamroFoundry.com. Go to their form section and uh Dragon Knight. Theory crafting and there's a sticky thread dragon knight build compilation check out check out those builds until you know such time as um you know astellian can steal builds
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah i i, I would recommend tamil founder anyway if, if, if you look
1: for end game builds i mean the builds i put on they're all designed to be able to play end game um but i am not a min maxing leaderboard man so if you're looking for that one percenter set of builds you probably find them there mine tend to be builds that i enjoy playing so i like to play around and tweak them to how i like it my style and so yes they are end game they can play in all the trials they do do passable dps as i say the latest but we're looking working on is 14k and that's without buff so that'll get higher so they're kind of niche builds that are fun to period not necessarily the absolute min max and if you are looking for that absolute min max then you probably would want to look at tamil foundry as well and just see if any of their builds either suit you more or you're just looking for that absolute high-end stuff.
0: Right. Uh, final email. Hey, gang. Uh, I'm new to the game, and I want to thank you all for a great com- community-building show. I'm starting from episode one and plan to binge listen to the show at work to learn more about the game and the lore. Well, I hope you enjoy. It gets better as we go along. <laughs> Your enthusiasm and love for es the ESO universe is much like mine and enriches the experience knowing there are other fans and players who truly love this universe. This is true. We adore it, absolutely adore it. Um, the lore of this game is pretty much what keeps me here, more so than almost anything else. Like the game mechanics are fun. I really think they're fun. Uh, do other games do things better? Yeah, um, but it, it's just the the universe that I'm in love with. So uh if there are any tips or advice always feel free to send them my way same thing if you have any questions sir please go ahead and send them we'll be happy to answer Uh, also if you ever want perspective for someone entering this game a year after uh it's been out i'd be more than happy to write out my experience obviously we'd love to see that kind of stuff i would actually love to see that Um, i really enjoy the segments of the show where you read books and also share your stories the first episode the main host, that's me, shared about a sweet old lady in the cabin uh, by herself who turned out to be a witch. I had, the, uh, um, I had the exact same funny experience and often share that story with my friends, too. Because I have not listened to the later episodes, I'm not sure if you take player submitted stories and read them for the show, but I got a funny one. Well, we do. Uh, fairly early in Skyrim, I found a mountain with a dragon word wall. After dispatching the dragon, I noticed some kind of coffin in front of it. Figuring I'd get some cool loot, I opened it and saw these are this monstrous lich creature pop out, uh, who soon <laughs> wasted me. A dragon priest, of course. Having saved before fighting the dragon, I tried again and failed. I was way too low of level for this guy and decided to guerrilla warfare this beast. I got out a conjured bow and began pinging him in the head and running over and over until he dropped. Uh, this was my first dragon priest and was quite a thrill. That was from Rick. So Rick, thank you so much for your email. Uh, hopefully you get caught up. You got 70 some episodes to go through and, uh, hopefully you'll hear this one pretty soon. (laughs) Uh, that's the end of our email bag and time for final thoughts, guys. Um, Avi, sir, why don't you grace us and go first?
2: Yeah, it was a great episode. I'm i I'm excited for all the events and all the things coming to the wings of fate. And, uh, Hope to see you guys all there in game.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: Esteldian. Oh, finally some news to actually get excited about. So <laughs> I am very happy indeed, and look forward to what the future will hold.
0: Excellent. Um, for myself, of course. Thank you so much, chat room, for showing up. You guys have been awesome like every every week the chat room just gets better like there's quite a few people in there they're just chatting away I want to give a special thanks to uh win Own stealth you had some really great stuff in there crabby of course uh member of uh dungeon crawler network thank you for being in the chat room and uh and uh interacting is you know thank you so much guys you guys are great arc as always love seeing you there buddy um i really hope to see some more people show up for more of the wings of fate stuff so please check our calendar um i can think of a handful of people i'd like to see there obi obi i see you're in chat i know you're listening obi show up to some of our stuff obi i know we don't have ad but obi all right um special shout out scary drew scary do show up There you go. (laughs) Uh, They'll listen to this and I'm going to ask them where they were the last for the Kraglearn event. But, you know. (laughs) So thank you guys. And uh, definitely we're having some fun. Show up. Join us and uh, always come back and listen to our show again. We love hearing from you guys. Send us emails. Everything. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And have a good night. You just listened to another episode of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. If you want to get involved, please be sure to check out our website at www.dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. Please be sure to follow us on our social media and YouTube channels. We can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv/dungeoncrawlernetwork, on Twitter at dungeoncrawlnet, and at Tales of Tamriel and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time.